Hi, listeners. Today is the eighth and final day of our January wellness series. I'm really going to miss this series. By the way, we might have to do it again someday. I've got to say, I know I've already said it before, but this is a project I am so proud of. Two years ago, the thought of me hosting a wellness series of any kind would have been utterly laughable. It is proof positive, as we are still in the early days of 2024, that you really can use this year to take control and transform yourself, mind, body, and spirit. Your future self will thank you for it. Today on the show, we have Dr. Linnea Passler, who is teaching us about nervous system dysregulation, what it is, and how to reverse it through a five-stage plan she's written. These five stages are awareness, regulation, restoration, connection, and expansion, and Dr. Passler will explain what all of that means in this conversation. I found many parts of her book interesting, but perhaps none more so than the blue, green, yellow, red, and purple levels. I'm going to let her explain it, but it was totally compelling. We also talk about how stress isn't always a bad thing, what chronic stress, which generally is a bad thing, can do to a body, how stress and fear affect people differently, and so much more. Dr. Passler's book, Heal Your Nervous System, the five-stage plan to reverse nervous system dysregulation came out January 9th, so after you listen, you can go grab a copy wherever you buy your books. Quick programming note. In the episode, we mentioned a prior episode we did on the show about highly sensitive people. That episode is with Jen Graneman and it came out March 19th, 2023, if you want to refer to that. Dr. Passler is a subject matter expert on nervous system dysregulation, which includes mental symptoms like anxiety, burnout, and brain fog, and physical symptoms like digestive issues, chronic inflammation, and fatigue. She has been working on this five-stage plan for a decade and has found that highly sensitive people are more susceptible to a dysregulated nervous system. In her work, Dr. Passler encourages us to shift from reactive treatment to proactive healing and informs us through science-based research that our nervous systems and our health are far more adaptable than we even realize. Dr. Passler is an oral surgeon with over 25 years experience and is the CEO of the digital health startup Heal Your Nervous System, a community that connects thousands of people globally, offering them tools to nurture a well-regulated mind and body. If you're looking to thrive this year and who among us is not, this is the conversation for you. I am so glad to have you here with me today. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much. I'm happy to to be here. Well, the subtitle of your book is The Five-Stage Plan to Reverse Nervous System Dysregulation. So I want to start there. What is nervous system dysregulation, which you call a missing piece of the healing journey? So essentially, uh, we should start by saying what is a regulated nervous system. And so a regulated nervous system is a nervous system that can respond to everything from you know acute stressors like a, a sudden noise or everything just that happens in our in our daily life and also uh, you know a long term stressor so for example being in a stressful situation at work so these are all situations in which a regulated nervous system can do his job and can do really well 
and it can respond to emotional stressors. So for example, a breakup, uh, a virus infection, and with the same flexibility. So essentially what the nervous system does in this situation is to increase the intensity of the stress response until the stressor has passed. And then that's the crucial part. It turns down the intensity of the stress response mm. to a sort of baseline. And this is a relaxed state where our nervous system, our body can recharge and can essentially recuperate and rejuvenate. Now, what happens is when the nervous system becomes overwhelmed because these stressors become too much, too long, uh, or just, you know, maybe even a, an acute situation where we are maybe in a traumatic situation, that's what can change this response. And so the nervous system can become, can become dysregulated over time. And that's where unfortunately the response becomes uh you know fixed it's not it's not flexible like it was uh, before so it's a nervous system that is stuck so mm. essentially if if the nervous system is dysregulated we can also experience a lot of uh, conditions you know from anxiety chronic anxiety but also physical symptoms and chronic conditions so over time years and years of dysregulation can completely dysregulate our our body and mind and creating a lot of the symptoms that people experience every day mm. well there are five stages as the subtitle states of this process so Obviously, listeners, if you want to get the deep dive on these five stages, you need to buy the book. But if you could walk us through on a high level, one by one, the five stages are awareness, regulation, restoration, connection, and expansion. So can you just tell us, Just you don't have to go super in-depth, but just on a high level, what happens here in these five stages? Of course. So first, I want to say that, that one of the first things I recommend people uh, consider is creating a structure to support their body and mind. And so that's sort of like the preliminary step. And this is um, something that has to do with how we live our life on a daily basis. So, for example, uh, you know, spending enough time outdoors. Um, allowing enough light and sun to get into your eyes. Those are all things that create a, a like a foundation for our nervous system to, you know, become regulated again. So, you know, nutrition, movement, these are all like really foundational elements. And then with this structure, which, you know, we don't need to do everything all at once. We can take it little by little, little steps um, done for a long time are, what creates really this momentum and this change. So small things. And then once we are starting to implement these things, we can take this journey. And so what I've done is I've tried to, to create, um, you know, something that people can easily understand and, and implement in their lives, because all of these, all of the things that are covered in the five steps are things that maybe we already do, maybe we do in part, but we don't have um, a system in place, a strategy. And that's what really creates problems and, and makes it hard for people to go through this journey. So the awareness stage is where we really understand um, about her stress response. Ultimately, the first important step we need to take is learn about our, um, you know, how our stress response 
um, is. And each of us has a different stress response. Like, you know, the biology is very similar, but there are different things in our genetics, in our life experiences that shape and change this stress response and make it a little different for each of us. And so mm -hmm. it's really important to familiarize ourselves with how we respond to these different stressors uh, without judgment, but with acceptance, with compassion. That is really the first step, like stepping into this observer role, which is uh, you know, accepting and understanding of our, um, you know, the nuances of our particular response, and then learning to recognize these responses in those stressful moments where we're feeling anxious, when we're feeling completely, you know, overwhelmed. That's where we want to step back and and put this, um, you know, compassion um, glasses, compassion lens that allow us to see ourselves with uh, understanding. And so this is really the first step, the awareness step. Mm -hmm. And then the regulation step is where we take those, um, you know, we do those practices, we implement those practices. And some of these practices are body-based and some of these practices are mind-based. So, you know, we're we're very used to hearing about things like med meditation, et cetera, et cetera. But one of the things that we have learned, and the science now supports this, is that working with the body, so things like, you know, um, movement, breathing, all of these things have a direct effect on our nervous system and are the fastest way to bring ourselves from a state of, uh, you know, dysregulation so or even just you know just anxiety like like these difficult feelings that we are experiencing and bringing ourselves back to a more relaxed and more calm state and so that's why we always encourage people to start from the body that doesn't mean the mind doesn't play a role of course we work with the mind as well but we prefer to um, condition our nervous system through the body and that's like the best portal to reach this deep state of mm -hmm. uh, relaxation so regulation is essentially this stage is about practicing this over and over so practicing going from this completely activated state where our stress response is very responsive it's very responsive and it's it's very activated to a state of calm so this is it's all about uh doing this process it's like an exercise over and over and over so this is the second stage the third stage is restoration this is where we have created this foundation we we are starting to feel much better we're starting to feel like we have agency we have agency on, on our nervous system and on our body and that's where we can go deeper we can go to you know things like um you know traumatic experience or stressful experiences or things like our attachment style that's something that really matters in how we regulate ourselves mm -hmm. in how we feel good about ourselves and so all of these deep wounds that may become from our past um those are addressed in this stage and this is a tough stage it's a difficult stage and it takes a long time because you know we're not leaving anything behind we're still doing the awareness we're still doing the regulation but here we feel comfortable in going deeper and then the connection stage is where we reach out and we connect with others now relationships are a big part of our lives and we regulate and we can as we connect with others but when we are not feeling safe in our own body it's very difficult to connect with others from a safe place to have boundaries in place we always hear about boundaries yes boundaries are great and they are necessary but we need to feel safe uh enforcing those boundaries because a boundary that isn't enforced doesn't have any any meaning and so right. once we are 
to feel safe uh, and we are in a position where we feel we can regulate ourselves that's where we are um you know we are in the best position to connect with others and because we're doing the work we also can become a source of regulation for others so i'm thinking about parents i'm thinking about caregivers i'm thinking about leaders all of these people when they are in a position to connect from that place of safety and regulation are a completely different uh, source and and uh, you know connection for others and so connection with others is is a really crucial part of this and it's not just about connecting with others but it's also connecting to uh, a purpose that is larger than ourselves we know the science has demonstrated that people who um exhibit you know all of the signs of health and and happiness in life are those who are able to feel they are connected to a larger cause and mm-hmm. so this is where we are in a position to really start doing our best. And that leads us to the expansion phase. The expansion phase is where, okay, now we have learned how to deal with this nervous system and, and all of the things that are related to it. Now, how can we expand this capacity? How can we start doing more? How can we increase our resilience, our you know ability to do things, our ability to connect with others, our ability to uh, even you know endure certain amounts of stress? And that's absolutely possible for a nervous system that is now much more regulated and in a place of you know uh, agency and self-empowerment that's where we can take uh, these um, you know we can do these things that are designed and proven to help us expand this capacity and do even more my goodness so 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 interesting i I'm just so compelled by all of this. I want to know what is the difference between sensitivity and dysregulation and how can you write in the book that higher sensitivity can support your healing journey? So what is the difference in sensitivity and dysregulation? So uh, thank you for that question, because I think it's it's really important. And sometimes, um, you know, people tend to um, essentially overlap uh, sensitivity and dysregulation, and it's absolutely not the case. Sens- sensitivity um, is something that we ho- we all have by nature. So all of us are somewhere on the sensitivity spectrum. Now, if you fall on the higher end of the spectrum of sensitivity, you have you just feel everything more, which makes you, uh, you know, likely to become a great creative, a great leader. Like these are the people who lead humanity who are really um you know bringing out the best of humanity but are, but they are also the people who are more prone to developing dysregulation because by feeling everything more uh, essentially their stress response uh, needs to be fine tuned and usually this is something this is something that we learn in childhood but most of us, you know, even those who come from the most amazing childhood background, there are some parts of this of this uh, process of learning that are not completed. Uh, and of course, those of us who come from difficult backgrounds have a lot more to process, right? They have mm-hmm. a lot more wounds, a lot more problems that mm-hmm. they carry with them. So we all have these, um, you know, experiences in our in the first, <clears throat> you know, <clears throat> sorry, um, fifteen years or so 20 years of life what happens is we need to complete this training that's the way i like to to see it you know it doesn't necessarily have to be uh, something bad that happened to you but perhaps something something hasn't been completed and so 
nervous system, learning about nervous system regulation is so important, especially for people who um, are highly sensitive because they are more prone to developing things like burnout, chronic conditions, anxiety, et cetera, et cetera. So the good thing is, and this is something that researchers are still trying to figure out, but because these people are so, um, you know, they're so uh, sensitive, they, 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 pick up everything mm -hmm. they are also more likely we have some studies that are starting to show that they are more likely to respond better to things like therapy to things like you know these practices that we are talking about uh, regulating the nervous system so we know that investing in you know investing time effort in um, doing this work in doing the hard work is going to pay off tremendously for people who have this higher degree of sensi sensitivity and so they may be, and they are, unfortunately, the ones who are more, um, you know, who tend to be more um, prone to developing these situations. Mm -hmm. But that doesn't mean that they are weak or that they need to essentially feel that, you know, they can't do anything about that. They can do a lot. And in fact, if they do the work, they are likely to respond much better or even better than someone who maybe is a little bit less sensitive, doesn't have as much as many problems, but is also less, you know, receptive to this type of interventions. Mm -hmm. Well, and we actually have had on the show an episode about highly sensitive people, which I listeners encourage you, I'll put it in the show notes about which episode number that was, but it was, it was a really fascinating conversation about how these highly sensitive people are there's nothing wrong with them. In fact, there's so much right with them. And I, I find that incredibly fascinating as I do probably one of the more fascinating parts of the book to me were the blue, green, yellow, red, and purple levels. This was yeah. totally compelling to me. Can you explain this to listeners? Absolutely. So one of the things that I realized, um, you know, in the years uh, leading up to this, uh, to writing this book was what one of the things that people struggle with is really understanding their stress response in a simple way, in a way that, um, you know, that doesn't um, makes it really uh, like they need to visualize what's happening in in their in their nervous system and so there are a lot of models of um you know of how the nervous system responds um but what i felt was that you know we have a lot of science that's come out in the last 10 years about the stress response uh and how it works and also you know because of everything that happened the pandemic etc there's a lot of research on stress and so i felt the need to essentially create something that you know uh, the members of our community and the readers of the book could really easily understand and so that's why i created this um elevator model so it's just an elevator and thinking about the elevator allows you to understand how the nervous system moves through these different states on a daily basis constantly up and down up and down and that's totally fine it's totally normal so um it's one of the there's a lot of code coding uh, colors out there and a lot of um, uh, modalities of seeing this. One of the uh, the ones that I took inspiration from is the Eliza Apple group of research at the University of California. Uh, she is they have done a lot of work and I think it's 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 just um, really interesting how they uh, you know observed these 
uh, states at the brain level. And so we are starting to have evidence. And then other groups have worked on, um, you know, there's a lot of discussion about trauma and about um, trauma responses. And it's a difficult topic, but I think it's really important to recognize that there are states where uh, our body and nervous system respond in a in a sort of frozen way. They go into this response that we can't really understand, and it becomes scary. It becomes overwhelming. So that's there's a body of research around that state. So, but just to make it super simple, uh, the way to think about this is starting by the blue the blue state. This mm. is a state of calm and relax and this is a this is where our body and nervous system are recharging this is a crucial state it's what we um, experience during um, you know deep rest when we are sleeping or when we are deeply connected with nature for example nature has a huge power of regulating our body and nervous system and so this deep connection uh, with nature or sleep or deep meditation these situations create a state where our nervous system can really completely relax and our body can really recharge and heal whatever process is happening. So this is a crucial state. Our body needs to spend enough time every day in this blue state um, because if it doesn't, unfortunately, that's when problems start to pile up and that's where eventually we develop chronic conditions and things mm -hmm. like that. And so it's crucial for our body to be able to return, you know, for our elevator to go down to this blue state. And this is much of the problem of dysregulation, right? We can't access this state. The other states are where, you know, our nervous system starts to becoming a little bit activated, but, and this is the green state, you know, we are in our um, best state where we can do our work, we can be focused, we have that little bit of activation, uh, but we're not overwhelmed by this activation. This is where we want to spend, uh, you know, the majority of our time uh, when we are doing things, when we are interacting with others, we are at work, we're, we're, maybe we're creating art, we're doing our things. That's where that's our best state for creation, for creativity, and for connection. Then, the 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 following state is the yellow state. This is, um, you know, we could consider it as essentially mental overload, right? Uh, when we spend too much time in this yellow state, that's where we we experience overthinking, we experience rumination, all of these situations. This is essentially where our brain is constantly scanning for danger, looking for danger, and trying to figure out what's going on. It's a constantly activated state. And the body response, it's not a full-blown fight-or-flight response, but it's that constant degree of activation. And this is where the majority of people, um, you know, get stuck. They tend to spend so much time in this yellow state and they are not aware of it. So becoming aware of it is the first step to saying, okay, I'm this, I'm in a yellow state right now. And so how, what steps do I need to take to move mm -hmm. back to green and then be able to access blue? And then there are this, the extreme state is, I call it the red state. This is where, you know, we're in a full um, fight or flight response. We are, um, you know, maybe we're having, um, you know, an anxiety, like a strong anxiety response, etc. So we, we all know very well this state, but the majority of us doesn't spend like all of their time there, right? The dysregulation actually happens by spending 
a lot of time, the majority of time in yellow, and it becomes very hard to go back to green, but especially it becomes also almost impossible to access blue. So we don't sleep, we don't rest ever. We're always constantly activated. And now the final state, the purple, this is this big response that happens in, you know, sometimes it happens uh, to, uh, it can happen to all of us, but some people have a uh, have a tendency to respond more. This is where we have um, uh, this immobilized state. So let's say we're in a traumatic situation or uh, something triggers a panic attack mm -hmm. or, you know, like this is like an extreme response where our body is immobilized, uh, our mind is completely um, frozen, it's disconnected. Yeah. And, the you know, the world feels like an overwhelming situation of an overwhelming chaos so in situations of uh, you know extremely traumatic events etc this is typically um a situation you know this is a typical response that that many people can have i find that so compelling and i'm i'm really interested to know because the book talks a lot about chronic stress and its effect on the body why do stress and fear affect people differently and even within the same family so why are people's sensitivities different even siblings, for example, can have different sensitivities. I know childhood experiences can affect one's stress response, but why, how, how do we get the stress response that we have? What, what contributes to that? So the stress response essentially is, um, as you, as you, um, as you pointed out, part of it comes from how sensitive we are and and how uh, you know how we respond so part of it has you know a degree of um um you know genetic response but part of it is also uh, determined actually a big part of it is determined by um our circumstances so what happened what did i learn and how so the combination of these two elements together um can create completely different situations and completely different responses that people can have to very similar situations. So for example, siblings growing up in the same, um, let's say traumatic, uh, traumatic family or traumatic situation or traumatic circumstances, you know, maybe a war, et cetera. So they can respond completely differently because first of all, they, you know, they, they, um, they had a different predisposition to how they processed those events. And secondly, their circumstances, even though they, uh, you know, they may be very similar, they are still different enough. They are still, you know, there are variations, not just in childhood, but also how, you know, their, their uh, teenager years and, and later. It's not just about childhood. We keep, uh, you know, fine-tuning and working on this on this stress response and on this fear response over time. And so that's where a lot of differences can happen, right? Mm -hmm. So it's really a combination of, of these two. So I am, okay, in the book you say it takes four to six weeks for nervous system healing. So I'm wondering what is one takeaway tip that my listeners can implement today to kickstart that process of nervous system healing? So as I said, I think, um, well, one of the things I always recommend people to start with is really um, like the basics, 
with you know things like working on their circadian response. So for example, if people are struggling with sleep, the circadian component is really crucial. So we want to be able to access that deep rest state, that blue state. And so one of the fastest ways to do that and one of the ways to get some improvements really quickly is to make sure um, you know, we are um, following and supporting our circadian response. So the reason I think this is important is because um, again, in order to regulate the nervous system, we need to give it an opportunity to access that that blue um, that blue state. Mm-hmm. So, working on improving sleep and increasing movement, even with so, for example, one of the easiest things to do is take a walk, a 15, 20 minute walk, uh, expose yourself, your eyes and your body to light early in the morning and late in the, in the afternoon. Those two things are really going to have like, if people are struggling with, you know, dysregulation, um, this is something, something very simple that can be done every day. Uh, and another, another thing is start with body um uh, practices right we we just discussed how regulation can really uh, happen more easily if we condition our body and so finding a way to do some movement which can be anything from you know um breath work you know doing um uh, you know the physiological side is is a very simple practice that people can can find online that they can find on youtube uh, to show them how to do the physiological side is something that can help uh, from the body starting from the body we are uh, essentially conditioning how we breathe and this uh, has a strong effect on our stress response. Or again, I, I mentioned taking a walk, doing some light movement. And so even things like, you know, yoga, um, Pilates, all everything that starts conditioning the body can really be a big uh, source of health. These are like really, really simple practices, but they have a big impact if they are done, if you're done, you know, on a regular basis, little by little, every day with consistency. And you can learn listeners how to do that in this book. And there's so many takeaway tips in the book to help do that. And I'm just wondering, as you were writing this book, what was the most interesting piece of research that you learned while you were writing the book? Well, you know, I think um, one of the one of the things that really uh, stood out to me is how the research is starting to um, support the connection between the mind and body. This is something that to me means so much as a, uh, you know, with my uh, background in health, you know, I've been, I've been in this, in this field for 20 years and we've, as professionals, health professionals, as, as uh, you know, doctors, et cetera, we, we, we have never been trained about understanding that, you know what our body what our body does what happens in the body has an impact on how we feel on our emotions on how we see the world on what we think and the and the other way around what we think and what we feel what we feel uh, you know the things that happen in our mind have a direct impact on how the body responds and what happens in the body this connection is huge. It's it's and it's something that we're just starting to understand, and it's something that is going to revolutionize how we heal people, how we treat people as medical professionals. Well, I have enjoyed this conversation just as much as I enjoyed reading the book. And my last question for you is: When readers close the book, what do you hope they'll say about what they learned in the book? 
Well, I, I really hope they will understand that they have agency on everything that they're experiencing at the body and mind level. Like my my what I wish is for them to understand that they can have agency on changing whatever has happened to them. They are not defined by their by their past, by what happened to them. They have agency to change it. They have agency to create a different future for themselves and they can expand their capacity. They can do more. They can enjoy life more. This is absolutely possible and achievable. Um, and so even if people are struggling, this is the message I, I hope they take away from the book. Mm-hmm. Well, just as the book has a five-stage plan to reverse nervous system dysregulation, the book also has quite a bit of fours in there too. So I'm going to close with one of the fours. The book encourages us to take four pledges. Number one, I will take small actions many times. Number two, I will take it slowly. Number three, I will do one thing at a time. And number four, I will face obstacles as challenges. I wanted to thank you so much for this book. Again, listeners, it is called Heal Your Nervous System, the five-stage plan to reverse nervous system dysregulation, and it is out January 9th. Thank you so much for being here today. What an interesting conversation. Thank you so much for having me, Rachel. What a total thrill that the January wellness series was. I hope listeners that you found some key information in these eight episodes to kickstart your wellness journey in 2024, mentally, emotionally, and physically mind, body, and spirit. We'll be back on Monday with our regularly scheduled programming. We've got two guests next week that are world famous for their work and have joined me for two very enriching conversations. Stay tuned. Thank you.